0: Listeners, welcome to Barkary, the Sailing Podcast. My name's Jordan Spencer. It's that time of the week where we get to hang out with some really cool sailors. But of course, I normally have to share the idiot with my uh, the mic with my two idiot mates <laughs> tonight. Just the one. <laughs> Let's bring in the giggly one. He had a voice that could make a Wolverine purr. Mr. Nick Bice. <laughs> no, good start. <laughs> um tyranny of distance.
1: So Similar to last week, paint us a picture. You're currently in Crosshaven, Cork. Mm -hmm. It is 9pm on a Saturday night. Mm -hmm. This could go anywhere. If I'm at 9pm in Cork, uh, Crosshaven, in Ireland, on Mm. a Saturday night, yeah. Yeah. Mm. This could go anywhere, my friend.
0: And plus, <laughs> I've had Brian Carlin sending me the names of the barmaids for the bars just around the corner from me <laughs> to go oh. and get, get a good pour. There's a barbecue on downstairs. Yeah. I think it's for me, um, just to to welcome me to the, the, <laughs> the host home I'm staying at. I've literally been running around doing media all day for the 505 World's uh, just written a bunch of stories, got the shit up on the website, and then I've looked at my watch and I think, I think oh, geez we got to do Baccarati. So I raced here. The barbie's ready to be fired up, and everyone, I've just walked in and said, look, I can't. Mate. I'm done. Oh, there you go. Mm. What a cracker. Mm. It's, it's a glamour. It's a glamour spot. I've got to say, mate, the Irish. How good are the Irish? They are good fun. Well, yeah.
1: They are a great deal of fun. I've got a little Crosshaven story, if I may. Of course. Um, When uh, back, maybe it was like 04 or 03, sailing the Maxi Z86 Morning Glory from Bermuda into Crosshaven, Mm -hmm. and we turn up at like 6 a.m. in the morning, Mm -hmm. and we had to wait for the tide. As you know, the tides are massive there, and it rushes in and out through that little cutting there. Anyway, Mm -hmm. the... um, yeah, the boys came out and delivered us like a breakfast roll. We've been on the freeze dried for a week or so, <laughs> and it was the most beautiful breakfast roll I'd ever eaten. Yeah. So we get in, we pack everything up, um, have a day on the as the Irish do, and then the next morning went back to the same pub that produced that breakfast roll to replicate it, but just on a on a plate breakfast plate. And I'm like, hmm, what's this such a beautiful sausage here? Ah, black pudding. They ah. tell me. Oh Jesus! <laughs> yes,
0: yes, yes. You got. You, oh. you wouldn't have ordered it, but you, now you've tasted it. Oh, oh
1: God! Oh dear. Yeah, it still might, gives me a little churn in the stomach.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh. Okay. Well, wow. yeah. No, I must admit the food is fantastic every time I come in from the water. there's a bit of food there waiting for me, and it's oh, just-
1: the food, the hot, the food, the hospitality. Yeah. It's second to none. Fantastic. Yeah. Yep. You must be having the
0: time of your life, my friend. Indeed, my friend. Indeed, indeed. Speaking of time of our life, should we uh, bring in this uh, – we've got an interesting episode this week. Should we br- make it happen?
1: We shall. We shall make it happen. Let's go.
0: Right, boss. So, obviously, this week's going to be a fun one. I'm interested how we're going to play this out because we've actually – been in contact with world sailing i think we've grown up by here this is what i'm really concerned about we're, we're starting to grow up here and we're having we <laughs> want to we want to have a discussion that's a grown-up discussion but in our way but
1: before, before before we get into this so we were contacted i was contacted by scott Dougal, who is not joining us in this particular show um and i was wondering what it was about yeah i thought a we're well in trouble. sailing, contacting us. We've either won something, or we're going to get told off. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if we won something, they obviously hadn't listened for long enough. <laughs> but what we have done is assemble a uh, a bit of a cast, actually, yep. of some uh, some fantastic individuals. Of which, yeah, please carry on, Jordan.
0: Okay. So what we're going to try and do is uh, look at sustainability and inclusion in our in our way. Um, so we, what we've got is we've got uh, Alexandra Rickham, who is the Head of Sustainability for World Sailing, as I said. We're growing up now. We had to demean ourselves and we had to let Luca Rosotti back on the show one more time. I think he's probably been on more than anyone now officially. Um, and then we've got Jackie De Fin from South Africa, who won... Um, an 11th Hour Sustainability Award last year for all the work that her and her, her colleagues do in Durban to bring people into sailing, which, as we said in the past, is what uh, Barkerati exists for. So, to that lovely three group of guests, welcome to Barkerati. Thank you, hey us Excellent. Yeah.
2: Thanks
1: for
0: having us. Okay, so Alex.
1: And by, by the way, um, guests, I'm going to call this the WSSAIS, the World Sailing Sustainability and Inclusion Special, if you don't mind. You're in I'll W-S-S-A-I-S. make sure.
2: WSSAIS. That-
1: yeah, it's got a bit of a ring to it. So, oh, yeah.
3: Anyway,
2: carry We're going on. Off the really <laughs> <easily>. <laughs> okay. Let's go
3: not- Okay. Go register the website before someone else does.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'll preserve the domain.
0: (laughs) All right. Uh, This is either going to be a disaster or brilliant, I think. Um, Let's go for brilliant. Uh, Alexandra, let's dive in with you. Um, Obviously, a sailor, Paralympian, um, multiple medal winner. Uh, Sailing, a passion for you?
2: Uh, Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've... I came to sailing late, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm British Jamaican, and uh, sailing's not big in Jamaica, so I didn't really grow up doing it when I was little, and then so I got into it when I was kind of at university sort of time, and uh, and got recruited kind of mostly for the Paralympics, but but I love it, I love water, you know, I like being, you know, away from the land and just having a different perspective, so yeah, i completely, you know, drawn, drawn to sailing
0: it caught me. It caught you. I love that statement. Can
1: I ask uh, Alexandra and for the listeners um, how you, well, what your disability is as far as uh, the Paralymp- Paralympics are concerned?
2: Yeah. So I'm considered a uh, one pointer in terms of our classification. So that means the most severely disabled. So I'm a, I'm a, a high level kind of, well, mid-level quadriplegic. So wheelchair, permanent wheelchair user um, and have uh, Paralysising all four of my limbs, so um, so yeah, so it takes a bit to get me out on the water, but you know, once I'm there, it's all good.
0: oh that's that's good. I, I must admit, um, I've got a very close mate who's a quad, and um, I've had some unique experiences with him where we go out to a bar and you know have a few drinks, and it's uh, it is oh, fun- here we go. Oh no, I'm not Jordan's kidding. favorite joke. <laughs> anyway um we'll we'll tell it another time but um you've obviously managed to have a bit of success on the scud which i've actually tested for a magazine which is a great boat um do you like the scud yeah i
2: love the scud i mean you know obviously it was much better than every other boat at the time so um you know it was the only one with a spinnaker so always meant that we could go a lot faster and it was great on a windy day and um yeah, it's a. It's I haven't really sailed very much. I think, especially since the pandemic, mine is in pieces. But I kind of need to get out there and, and put it back together and get back out on the water as soon as possible. But you know how it is. You know, you start working and sailing, then you never go sailing. Sort of situation. So, uh, yeah. um, so I
0: <laughs> <laughs> everyone responded to that one. <laughs> it's so true. All right, so. um with uh, from the sustainability pers- perspective you've uh, you've had uh, quite a interesting pathway because you're you set the sustainability program for sale GP and then you've sort of moved with that and then moved into world sailing is that correct
2: yeah that's correct so I kicked off with so my background was before I kind of went off sailing for ten years was um, in environmental science and so I um afterwards and especially after Rio because I think Rio was like a huge turning point for like a lot of Olympic sailors and the Paralympic sailors because you could actually see kind of the pollution you know the water quality we had issues and so suddenly it all became very very rare real to you whereas like in other places you kind of saw dribs and drops of it and, um, and so I was like I have to go back into sustainability I'd like to stay in sports and uh, yeah, and then I eventually got there, I worked as a consultant, got the opportunity to um, help GP kick off their endeavors and uh, stayed there for, you know, pretty much three years and, uh, and then World Sailing came a-knocking and so I thought, well, here's this huge opportunity to kind of affect the global outlook and, and so yeah, signed up and, and here I am. <laughs> so four months in haven't made you know huge impact yet but you know hopefully we have some cool stuff coming down the pathway
0: i love it i love it obviously uh, um the sustainability message is still incredibly strong in sale gp i can tell you that um and uh, i think the template that you left behind is still well and truly being used so that's good i'd like to introduce jackie as yeah, well yeah it was really yep. keep going cool. yep keep going
2: now I said like it was great last week. I was down in Plymouth and you know they've kind of driven everything forward, they're taking it to the next level. So it's super exciting, you know, electric boats on the water, yeah. you know, different drones are using different fuels and um, you know, and then obviously a huge amount of solar and different stuff going on. So super exciting. Um, you know, we're really seeing it happening on the ground.
0: Yeah, yeah. Which is
2: which is good. Everybody's having a lot of fun. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. Well, I I had to eat plant based meat. Um and which is my first experience of that while I was down there, so I was sitting there going, "This is not going to be good," but it was fantastic. I'll be honest; it was absolutely yeah. fantastic. I'm a vegan. Yeah, boss. last year, what?
2: last year, uh, Jeff Holt um, uh, literally thought it was meat and was like, "This is the best burger I've ever had." And then we were like, "You do know that's plant based," and he was like, "You know." And and, I, I, and when I talk about Jeff, Holt, you know, I'm talking about the first quadriplegic to sail across the Atlantic, and he was like, "You know, he's a real meat and potatoes guy," and he was he was he couldn't believe that he was eating a plant based product. So that's it was, it's it's pretty impressive what you know where we are now.
1: Yeah. Well, there's no more bigger meat and potatoes man than one <laughs> Jordan Spencer, of which the beauty. <laughs> Is unless he edits that particular part of this podcast out, I'm going to hold the hold him to that particular comment for a long, long time. Yeah, yeah. About it was, it was something very, very
0: tasty. It was. It was. You'll, you'll have to come. You'll have to come. I'll get you on the tour, mate. Um, we we need to we need to get uh, Jackie in just to set the premise because we know a lot about Luca, and I think we've lost Luca for the time being. So, Jackie, you're from SAIL Africa, which is or uh, well, the operations director of SAIL Africa, which you won the 11th Hour uh, World Sailing Sustainability Award. Um, you've got this youth development program going in Durban. Can you just tell us what that's about?
4: Yeah, sure. Um, um, Durban is a, is a town on the east coast of South Africa, and South Africa, as you probably know, is a very unequal society. So we have a huge sprawling mass of township, which lies around the perimeter of the city and the harbour where we we have our sailing program is in the centre of the city. So we have to bring these youngsters in from outside of the city um, and introduce them to the water. Um, Durban up until probably 20, maybe 25 years ago was very much a colonial city. And somebody mentioned that sailing was, has this idea that it's for these elite, uh, wealthy people. And in fact, in Durban, that, that was exactly what it was like. Um, in tw- 2007, Craig Miller, who was our founder, did the Clip Around the World race in a boat mm-hmm. that was sponsored by Durban. And um, when he got back, he wanted to do something for the city. So he, he got together all the infrastructure So all that infrastructure, and we have some some great infrastructure. It might be aging now, but it's still, we've been very lucky to have it. So we have four L26s, which are um, keelboats, which take about five kids on with an an instructor. And we have an L34, and we have a whole fleet of dinghies. So he got together, the instructor, and being um, a teacher and an organizer, um, it was very easy for me to just organize kids and at the time I was bringing up a young, well, I wasn't bringing him up. I was educating a youngster and he, I'm a social sailor and not a particularly good one. I just enjoy being on the water and pottering around. And I saw quickly that he was, had far outstripped anything that I, I was able to show him. So when Craig Miller started this, I called him and I said, Craig, I think you really need to take SEER. And um, he said, okay, I'll take SEER, but you come and help me. Well, that's fine. I can organize kids. You want kids organized? I can organize kids. No problem. <laughs> so um, Craig's moved on and I'm still organizing kids. <laughs> but um, that's how we started. And we started just with, um, I think, to begin with, maybe about 15 or 20 kids that used to come. Um, and, and being the sort of mother duck that I am, I used to slip them off to regattas and things like that because I sometimes felt like I was driving a, a train, you know, with a, with a combi and a, and a trailer with eight boats coming along behind me, but anyway, and they all, the kids all go to sleep and I'm driving along. I'm far too old for that now, but this was 15, 20, 15 years or so ago. So that's how we, we got going in the beginning. And it's just grown from there. So that today I think we've got about 350 kids in various programs that, that, that are there. And, um, are looking to expand into into other centers because we can't cope but it's been a lot of fun and a, a very rewarding so yeah as long as they're kids i guess i'll organize them
0: love it absolutely <laughs> love it absolutely love it you you're obviously one of these people that just gives back and uh um it's uh, it's a wonderful story and uh, uh i hope we get to see it one day we'd love to see it it'd be fantastic
4: well, I don't know if you've looked at the videos that World Sailing made because I think some of them were quite were, gave you quite a good uh, a reflection of what we do. There was the one on the girls sailing for the the steering the course program that was on World Sailing mm, last year, yep. and then there was the one. I don't know if you saw that one because that showed our girls program and the girls spoke really nicely. Um, I particularly liked um, young Amanda's take on it. I, uh, she spoke about how, how sailing is a metaphor for life, and how when she's on the boat, she has to focus all the time to stay in the race. Just losing focus can lose her the place and how in life it's much the same thing. Yes. So just to know that you know that that our girls program is not just a girls program, it's a life skills program as well. And sometimes the life skills are done. Sometimes we set out to do them. And sometimes we don't. It's just kind of inadvertent, like that. I mean, and that's the beauty of sailing, isn't it? That it does teach you, just 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 does teach you these these inadvertent life skills. And 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 we can see that in these in these kids. And um, a lot of our kids have gone into the maritime industry, and it's amazing when they get hold of you now. And this one's right now, one young orphan that that we brought into the program and we found a bursary for is in Belgium. He's just, he's an officer on a ship. And I think I told you the story that um, one of our very first young men um, was not only the officer on the SA Gullis II that's just gone down to the packhouse and discovered the Shackleton's wreck, but because he had the skills, he was the person who was, which he learned at South Africa, I must add. He was the person that was driving the rubber, rubber duck because he had a safety license from us. So he had a world sailing safety license, safety boat license. So he was driving the duck with a scientist servicing from the ship. To so, I'm really proud of that. It's an it's just great.
0: And so <laughs> you should be. Yeah, awesome. absolutely <laughs> awesome. So, Alexandra, I guess we need to frame this like from the perspective of sus- what is sustainability, you know, and how does that tie in with inclusion? And is you know. Why should we care? You know, if you're a listener to this show, why does it matter to the listener?
2: Sure. Okay. So uh, sustainability at the bare bones is uh, the balancing act between the social, environmental, and the economic. And and I think a lot of people think that, you know, we're probably like happy clappy tree huggers the whole time that we don't <laughs> actually care about the economics of it. But the realities are that we still need the money to be able to help make all of these things happen. And, and also to drive our economies. So for us, um, you know, I, I'm the gatekeeper of Agenda 2030, which is uh, world sailing sustainability agenda. And within that, it includes, you know, there's a lot of environmental, so it's really looking at, um, from the sailing perspective, looking at things like, uh, how do we build our boats? How do, you know, how many coach boats do we have on the water? Uh, And from the social side, it's about uh, diversity and inclusion. It's, you know, making sure that our sport is representative of our global community, Uh, that it's, um, you know, we know from so many studies that diversity and inclusion uh, make for better workplaces, make for better, you know, economic productivity. So, you know, why wouldn't we want that for our sport? And so we need to guarantee the sustainability of our sport by bringing new people in you know, and by engaging new populations and people who we don't think traditionally maybe aren't seen as the sailing community. We need to, we need to change that, you know, and that's what, you know, the likes of Jackie, you know, is doing. That's what Luca is doing, you know, through, you know, making sure that, you know, championing women in foiling, you know, is, is a huge remit of his. And so I think all of that is, it makes sure that we have a stronger, more resilient sport. That people can be engaged with and and they, they can just go out and have fun you know and um and I think that that's what's important you know and so that that that's why it's important to us at world sailing and I think you know generally I would say that's why it's important to everybody in terms of
1: what we do. Hey Alexandra um since you've been in this well this uh sustainability role not only with world sailing but sail GP obviously yachting has a bit of a stigma attached to it it's a bit of a Call it a rich man's sport. Um, how have you seen that? Pro- and Jackie, maybe you could comment on this also. But how have you seen that barrier being broken down in the last? Well, I've certainly noticed it in the last few years, and I guess you you're monitoring it even closer. Yeah, you know, are are we getting
2: there? Yeah, I think we're slowly getting there. You know, we have an amazing emerging nations program. You know, for both for like the youth worlds and for the you know going into the Olympic classes etc but also I think what's what's incredible is that we are starting to see these areas pop up and and a lot of work is being done on like how do we develop the sport in Africa for example you know as you know where Jackie's coming from you know I I come from a tiny island nation in the Caribbean where like you know sailing (laughs) nobody really sails so actually, we need, you know, we're starting to put the piece of the puzzle together. It is getting better, but we have a long way to go. You know, we have a lot more work to do, and we have a lot more work to do around the role of women in sailing as well. Really getting, you know, half of the planet isn't as engaged as the men. You know, it's clear, like, you know, and, and I'm saying this anecdotally. We do need to get the actual real data. So that's something we're working mm-hmm. on to prove it. But um it's getting better, but probably not as fast as we'd like there's more that we can do you know we've got 50 50 balance in the olympics but where do those olympic classes female sailors go once they've finished the games you know whereas our male counterparts are you know going into professional sailing roles so you know we still we still have changed to make but but it's like the america's cup are now you know we now have the women's ac coming up so like that's that's you know that is a huge step mm. that's a change yeah. So, uh, so yeah, it's coming. It's coming.
1: So, Luca, Luca is a twenty-one World Sailing 11th Hour Racing Sustainability Award nominee. <laughs> you're you're obviously playing a big part in this, in the inclusion side, um, and that's been building over the last few years. Certainly, from what we've witnessed, and I guess you've got some big plans.
3: Yes. What? Um, well, it's it was interesting um, the the twenty-one nomination and. Uh, I hope we get nominated again this year, if that's possible. <laughs> uh, but not, not, only, not really for us, but it's uh, as organizer, but for um, the students that made it uh, to the event, finally, being able to travel and uh, to to deliver the boats that they have designed and built. Uh, just quickly, basically the Sumo Challenge is, uh, um, uh, a challenge for university students to design, build, and race a MOT, an international MOT compliant uh, boat mm-hmm. that has uh, sustainability parameters in all of these three. So, both in design, in construction, and in racing. Um, how do we, why do we do that? The reason, the, the first reason I would say is that uh, Uh, that uh, uh, of course uh, being in foiling uh, we have uh, let's say a technological look into sustainability and uh, uh, the way forward uh, in my opinion when you talk about sustainability technology and materials in a high performance is uh, that you need to match these two things you need to prove uh, that sustainability is possible to together with performance. Uh, In my previous, uh, let's say, work life, I've been working in architecture and uh, I have seen that uh, the acceptance of uh, uh, sustainable materials and sustainable practices in buildings only made uh, an impact once it was possible to prove uh, that uh, these practices were better, equal or better to the normal system. So that's what we are trying to do is to prove Sustainability and performance can go together. Uh, so we organized this uh, competition that takes university students, which are basically the future, of course, of uh, mm. um, uh, the industry. So there are naval architecture and engineering schools. We have uh, uh, Southampton. We have um, uh, University of Montreal. We have uh, uh, three Italian universities participating, that did participate in the 2022 event. Uh, we had um, so four boats uh, fully built and delivered uh, to following Week for the summer Challenge mm. with uh, over 90 students coming. Uh, they are big teams. Actually, we had to tell them to, to cut them down, because <laughs> in, meaning, meaning to cut them down in, uh, at the event because we couldn't accommodate all of them. Uh, mm. The average yeah. team is made more or less of 60, 80 people. It's basically almost an America's Cup team. <laughs> uh, they have, um, what have you done Luca what have you done I know, I know. <laughs> I know because these boats are complex and of course you need yeah. uh, a design team, a construction team uh, there's uh, electronics which is for example one thing that we put in the system that is different from the Moth class, we allowed full electronic control uh, and we had um, uh, it's interesting because the, the marine industry is now using using these boats as uh, test beds mm. to prove technology and to prove sustainability. Uh, most of the teams they have, uh, like if you look at the website or, the, or even the t-shirts, of course they display the sponsors. I, I was amazed to see when they came that they have like 20, 30 names supporting them that are from the marine industry. Uh, and this gives them also access um, work-wise. They get contacts for the future work uh, within the industry. And, uh, of course, if they learn um, how sustainability can be brought into the system, then uh, we see results. Uh, and they are real results from, uh, for example, I understand that, that Southampton experiment, that the, the Southampton boat was done uh, uh, let's say, with some input from Meguiar Boats, and I understand mm-hmm. that Meguiar Boats, which is the maker of um, uh, uh, one of the, let's say, most uh, performing uh, moths out there, the Exocet, they now yep. launch the right. RZ, anyway is they change their production because they have seen that it's possible to, to make it more sustainable with the same performance. So that, mm. that's what we're trying yeah. to do.
1: So, Luca, without... Well, and the rest of the guests, um, and Jordan, you'll relate to this, and without getting too far off track, when do you reckon we could see that transferred into Big Boat World? Because to, to, for Big Boat World to understand sustainability, in our my mind it has to become mandatory in some element, e.g. the Volvo Ocean Race or the Ocean Race needs to make a certain part of it mandatory to be part of, not a tokenism. To then make teams do it right, um, well, uh, and it sounds as though you got above that tokenism side of it, and uh, but to make it a much larger scale.
3: Well, it, it's an interesting question, Nick. And I think uh, what we have seen, which is already, I think, uh, a good result, we have uh, students of the very first year of the Sumo, which was just basically before uh, the COVID started and uh, where, where we were only in the design phases some of these students they have founded a company called uh, um, eco racer i think if i'm mm-hmm. not wrong and they made a sport boat which is uh, around 10 meters long and with this sport boat which is all sustainable um, uh, they won uh, uh, the italian championship in their category Oh, well. Wow. Uh, so, again, it shows that it's possible to transfer um, these criteria and uh, it is possible to make sustainable boats performing and performing well against other boats that are not sustainable. And of course, we are proud that this is coming from former SUMO students. But then you're right. I think uh, uh, big events should uh, put uh, mandatory. Uh, System to force uh, increase in percentages uh, and uh, using life cycle assessments, which is what we do with the Suma Challenge, which is which is again what we are doing uh, every year. Every year we make it more difficult because otherwise uh, there is no improvements. Once they learn and they they achieve a target, and the, the the year after they need to be able to reach. Uh, an even mm. better result mm. until basically the boat will be made, uh, out of, uh, recycled paper. And then at that point <laughs> we will be happy.
1: love it. Hey, um, Alexandra, Alexandra, are you one of the jury members for the, this year's, um, challenge or this year's awards?
2: Uh, what, what do you mean for, for the world Sailing's 11th hour racing sustainability yeah. award? Yeah, I am. <coughs> um, and I'm trying to put together, you know, a judging panel that are, uh, from all over the world, so it would be our first time having uh, judges from all six regions, so that we can we can really you know bring in the whole community and get them all involved. I think um, going back to like what Luca was saying, uh, we're seeing a lot of movement, and you know for example, the AMOCAs have have uh, have implemented I think or are implementing potentially a, a rule change. Uh, the Ocean Race have a sustainable boat building um, forum where they're trying to get people together to really understand how to and we are also running a project internally um looking more at life cycle assessment and kind of how we can how we can apply that to the classes that we have so so uh, there is we are definitely seeing a lot more movement um, and and you know we're always grateful to luca for the work that sumoth has done and kind of you know helping ignite that fire i think uh, amongst a lot of the builders you know more people are asking questions than ever before, you know, talking to our technical teams. So uh, it's, yeah, we're starting, we're, again, we're starting to see that shift of mindsets. But it's also because, like, the cost of fuel is prohibitive. (laughs) So, like, you know, and the cost of materials are prohibitive at the moment. And, you know, and shipping times. So actually, now people are realizing that these are all the right decisions for them to be making um, if they want to be, you know, long-term if they want to be mm. sustainable as a boat builder, they have to they have to make these choices now.
0: Love it. Love yep.
1: It. Thank you, climate change. Bravo. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, <laughs> well done, COVID. Thank you.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, for those who haven't um, heard of Sumoth Challenge, so S U M O T H the Sumoth Challenge, you can go to the falling week website and there's a bit of information. It's very cool. So, you know, unique and interesting vessels being created from sustainable materials um i will have i've got some bad news for you luca whilst you were talking um i've come up with an idea and uh, i do occasionally come up with an idea and i think that i'll discuss it at the very end of the show um but i suspect that it it will win the uh, the sustainability awards from now on it's just it's a guaranteed win for a barkerati so uh challenge is laid down my friend (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> You're not saying a word, right? Okay, okay. <laughs> well, what I'll do, I'll ask a question before we we give Jackie a bit of grief. Um, for you, Luca, what was the most unexpected idea that you've seen come out of some of these designs? Um. Well, the the the
3: interesting thing was uh, that they they. On, let's say on the technological side the new materials that are now available in the market like flux fibers, basalt and so on there was kind of uh, um, there was kind of um, uh, obviously that they were going down uh, those um, those lines but what was interesting was in the reuse and recycle that uh, they managed to get parts of moths and foils and old like they, they took some old, uh, for twenty sails, and they made the um, they made the wings for the boats. And uh, it was interesting to see how creative uh, they 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 became when they when they needed to find uh, recycled materials uh, and use them um, uh, for the um, for the construction of the boats. Really, how when you are limited in resources, how you can uh, then uh, go and find something interesting
0: out there very cool
4: can I say something
0: of course Jackie we love nice, you Jackie.
4: sorry I just wanted to say that um, we've sailed up and down the east coast of, of Africa and there are a lot of um, daos little daos big daos and little daos in Tanzania and Kenya and, and places like that and um, the one time there was, there was, I think we were in Zanzibar or Mikandani, somewhere along the Tanzanian coast, and there was this guy that came past on a little wooden dow with with an outride was a, with a, with sails up. And so we begged to ride because we, we my husband and I sail Hobies as well, or we did when we were a bit younger. And, you know, we were hanging out and they look at us like we're mad. Why are you hanging out? They've just got sandbags. They just move them from side to side. So if, if, if the boats are... <laughs> then we just move the sandbag there. Nobody actually moves. You just move the sandbag. So you kind of look at us. Why are we moving? Well, I don't know. And the, the thing that I liked about it was that their sails were made out of old um, rice bags oh, sewn yeah. together. Mm. And if, wow. the, if, if the boat was overpowered, they'd just punch a hole through one of the sands.
3: <laughs> 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 this is one of the best ever. It is. <laughs> I,
4: was, I promise you 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 would you would love it, Luca, because they just do it. This is this this is their time honored tradition. They sail in Tanzania and Kenya on these these little boats, these stars they go out fishing at night, they have no lights, they take take candles or whatever, and they just go out and, and they yeah, it's amazing. Those, and, and they're such fun. If you know, for people like us that sail, they're really fun. But they there's no, they don't have any electric drills or anything. So they use they use um, hand drills and wooden nails to keep them together. they make them out of um, wood, but they're uh, mangrove wood. And then, mm. as I said, the sails are made out of out of these these bags, the, the rice and the rice bags that they sell, sew so together. Just like everything, everything is is is, um, sustainable.
3: Yeah, we. we, I'll find a photo. Please, please, that would be great, and it would be great if there if there is like a South African university that wants to join the competition for next year. We would love to have them.
1: Yeah. Oh, I see Jackie writing some notes right now. Yeah, the the organizer. uh, She's got a she's got a team. I think we have. Jackie's just come up with DUT,
4: it. We've got We've got the Durban University of Technology students. Uh, that, but but the problem is, I, I, yeah, I, I, yeah, <laughs> um, I don't know if it is. I don't know how cost effective. I'll have to look at the design parameters, Luca, to see whether it would be feasible for the for them. To do, but yeah, it's certainly something. I will send
3: you. I will send you all the rules for the sumo competition.
1: I'm looking. You might have to just open it up a little bit to allow for a falling down, Luca. Okay.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I I heard the story that there was a guy that wanted to do a falling down, and then they stopped because of uh, liabilities because you could image. Imagine that the guy that wanted it was quite high in the hierarchy. Uh, <laughs> yes. Okay. I,
1: I think I know where you're going with this.
3: <laughs> and, and so they stopped. They, they say, no, we better not." <laughs> but they thought about it. They thought about
0: it. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, I, I reckon. I, I reckon that story of Jackie's is one of the all times. You know, like I've just got this vision of Bicey doing the Hobart next year, and. Instead of shaking a reefing, he just goes there and gets his knife and cuts a little hole in the sail and says, we're good now, keep going.
1: Well, don't laugh. I mean, there's lots of stories from the 79 Fastnet, as a matter of fact, that when people couldn't get the spinnaker down, they'd fire it down with a flare. Not very sustainable, I must say, Alexandra. You didn't hear that from me, okay?
2: You can be seen from a distance.
1: That's right.
0: So Jackie, we uh, no. I mean, I think. Go on, go on, Alexandra. Keep going.
2: No, I was I was just, just going to say that um, you know, I think uh, also what we're what's really exciting that we're seeing in the community, you know, like Jackie and Luca having this conversation now, is that we're, you know, is that get more people collaborating as well, you know, and sharing kind of what they do and. Um, so this is super exciting because I'm really excited to see uh, what Durban UT is going to come with now because clearly they are going to because Jackie, the organiser. Of course, so... Jackie.
1: <laughs> He's an organiser.
2: <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's quite a
4: troll order.
3: <laughs> we, we are happy to help you get on the ground faster and give you all the help you need.
0: So, so Alex, anyway. Technical, okay. not technical. We'll have a look at it. <laughs> 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 Alexandra, if you're if you're a listener, and um you know we've mentioned the sustainability award, eleventh um, hour obviously is someone that we're close to, and and they um have done a huge amount. Um, I mean, both Bice and I have been involved in presenting at eleventh hour events to uh, industry where they actually try and change the way industry works. So they have been um yeah. you know Susan Schmidt's team have been just the most fantastic people to our sport. So if somebody's out there listening and it has Wendy. A, a Wendy, Wendy Schmidt, you sorry. Wendy Thank you.
1: hit Jordan's pretty good with names the last couple of weeks. Yeah,
0: I've been on fire. Haven't I'm I? there. I noticed. <laughs> I've been travelling. I'm not in my usual bubble. Um, with sorry, Wendy. I apologise. Um, Bossy and I have to apologise to Wendy occasionally. We've we've uh, we, we misbehave too much. But anyway, um, the eleventh hour thing. Has been great, right? So, if you're outside, if you're listening to yeah. this, and um, yeah. there is something that you're working on, do you just nominate yourself, or should someone? What if what what should people do to get nominated for this award? I'm interested.
2: Okay, you can enter yourself. Yeah. So, yeah, it's. It's on the World Sailing website. Basically, you can uh, nominate a project, individual. You know, we've seen it. Um, uh, or, you, yeah, you can enter yourself. You don't. You don't have to be nominated. Be nominated. And just tell us, tell us your story. It's, um, it's pretty simple. And the way that we judge it is, uh, it's around. You know, what impact are you delivering? How do you kind of so as an example, Jackie, you know, is now rolling out, you know, Sail Africa to a bunch of other parts of South Africa, and that shows you, you know, it's a very replicable project. The way in which they've done it, so um, so yeah, that's it's you know, it's pretty simple. We want loads more entries this year. You know, we're we're going for it. Um, and yeah, we just want people to get involved and, and tell us their great stories because there are amazing things that are happening in the community. And I can tell you now, I'm confident I don't even know a quarter of them.
1: So, Alexandra, um, I'm guessing this is more nominations come on a yearly basis. So, what numbers yep. are we talking about? Is there like five nominations, or 50 or 500?
2: Uh, no, we haven't gotten to five hundred yet. <laughs> um, but uh, we've, yeah, no, uh, probably fifty plus nominations. Oh wow! Um, you know, we we narrow it down every year, um, and so, so yeah, so the the numbers are growing year on year. Mm. And uh, but we, you know, we shortlist, and then our judges come up with the final four, and those four finalists then go to public ballot as well. So then we have a a judging panel and some of some of that um, number goes up with the public ballot and, and then we get our, our winner, you know, and, and, and if you win, uh, you know, you get a nice $10,000 award. So that's not, that's not too shabby. It's, it's a great, it's a great thing to be a part of, as well as the fact that we obviously champion what you're, Mm. what you're doing, you know, which is, uh, we have these two amazing people. Hey, yeah, uh, Jordan.
1: Yep. I'm just trying to think how we could invest that ten thousand dollars <laughs> into beer, and how we call that sustainable.
2: Hmm. Well, no, it's funny you should say that. So, um, so like uh, one of the classes actually has a beer sponsor who makes their beer out of old bread. Um, mm. So, it's a sustainable bear. So, you know, there, there are loads of ways you could do this. You can slice it up however you want, Nick. You
1: know, just. <laughs> yeah, um,
2: I, I, I really look forward to Bar for We're this. ideas,
1: men. Yes. Hey, um, what I will say for the listeners, our good friend Luca has to leave us. He's got a bit of business he needs to attend to. So, uh, Luca, thanks for joining, mate. It's been a. Thanks, Zane. Love to have you on. Sure the man. Show again.
3: Yep. Thanks, Bar And congratulations again, Jakey. For winning last year was Thank a you very fantastic much. effort. I'm, I'm
4: overawed when I hear what you're doing because we just bum, we seem to bumble along. We somehow just <laughs> with our little project, and we still kind of can't believe we were, we we come from a backwater. How on earth did we get here?
3: Oh, wonderful! Congratulations! This was Thank, fantastic. Cheers, Luka. We'll chat everyone. soon. Bye. Bye. Luca.
0: We should. Um... So,
1: ja- Jackie, whilst we're uh, just off the back of that, can I ask you the money that you did win? How how's that been reinvested into your program?
4: Um, what we've done with the money is we've used it for two things. Firstly, we used it to train up our assistant instructors. We have um, we we have a, a program, as I mentioned to you, that is drawn from previously disadvantaged or disadvantaged children from townships. That sp- the townships literally sprawl quite far out of the city centre and the harbour is right in the city centre. So we first of all, we have to transport those kids to us and then we have to train them and so on. So we have a, we have a number of different types of programmes. We have kids that just come in maybe for two or three days and those programmes are educational programmes so they do to a level one learn to sail plus whatever educational program we think is 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 applicable to to that particular group most of the groups that we host are doing maritime studies at school so we focused Mm. on that for a number of reasons first of all because we operate in the harbor so they get a taste of what the harbour is like because many of these children who are children who think they want to go to sea but they've never actually seen the sea they've never actually been on a boat So they have this idea that they're going to stand in a white suit and they're going to drive the boat. They've got no idea. And then when they come and they get wet, they say, hi, That's that's a word for, oh, my gosh, you know. (laughs) They didn't think they had to get, and you say, pull that rope and they look at you as if you're mad. Like, why would I do that? So putting them on a boat gives them a taste of reality. And they either love it or they don't like it. But most of them love it. So they keep wanting to come back. We have an mm. extramural sailing program for a whole lot of young kids that come from school, and they come once a week for the whole year. So they, that particular school would come every Tuesday and do sailing as a, as, as an extramural. Um, but we have a whole host of youngsters that don't go away. I call them my popcorn kids because they pop out of the mass <laughs> and they won't go away. You know? <laughs> so these popcorn kids just hang around and they stay and they become instructors or assistant instructors, and then we have a program that takes them, so they move from school into university, most of them go to the Durban University of Technology, there are actually three universities in Durban, but most of the kids that we have, have gone to, to, uh, to DUT, and then um, they keep coming back to us and we train them to up to be, in fact, fully fledged instructors. Mm. So what we've done is we used the that money to train these instructors. And we've had a series of in-house programs. One that was fascinating was we ran a program on culture because in our group, we have a Nigerian, we have a Swazi, we have a whole pile of Zulus, obviously. We have a Kosa, a, a We have two old white women, uh, English speaking. We don't have any Afrikaans, <laughs> white people. We have two colored Afrikaans girls so it's a completely wow. di- diverse I mean but that's our that's our culture that's our country but it was so fascinating to listen to them when they spoke about culture and what they thought culture was and then we spoke about subcultures and how culture influences behavior and how subcultures influence your behavior and the, the idea was to try and get them to the subculture of South sail Africa and can we define the behaviors that we we can all agree on here. Mm-hmm. So we had to kind of try. But at the end of it, it was fascinating. I mean, the one kid said, why do white people smell their food? <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> so I said, well, you know, and if my husband says, oh, this smells nice, I feel quite good when I'm cooking. She said, in our culture, that's so rude. Wow. <laughs> so just a simple little thing like that. Yeah, sure. It's just amazing, you know. Um so, I mean, I know it's not related to sailing, but it makes our mm. community, our little community, so much stronger to know that. And then the other thing they said, <laughs> you talking about, Alexandra, going into pubs and you're different, in, in clubs, you know, clubs in different parts of the world. Well, in, in, in the culture of the Zulu, when you go and have a drink, you take some of your drink and you pour it onto the floor for your ancestors before you have your first sip. So you can imagine how well this goes down mm. in a colonial club.
1: Uh, guilty. <laughs> um, I've been known to pour a little on the floor, but thanks you now I'll have i be able to refer to my Zulu heritage. Um, <laughs> so, hey, uh, Jackie, so a similar question to Alexandra. Like, how many kids are we talking here? Five, 50, 500? where where where, is, where do things stand
4: about wow. 350 altogether but our assistant instructors uh, that's what we see in a year about that i would say amazing uh, um, and then um, but some of them as i said don't just come and go they come for a learn to sail program and then they go away again and we may or may not see them if they if sometimes as i said they pop up they kind of come back because they liked it and they kind of come back and then we kind of put them into some sort of other program. A lot of them come back again if they go to DUT. If they go go to DUT, mm-hmm. because we run a program in DUT, they come back and said, Oh, we came in we came two years ago and we did this and we can see, okay, you've you've come. So that a lot of them of our assistant instructors and so on have come back. So we have a group of us, instructors and assistant instructors of about fifteen. Um, yep. So they they make up the basis also of our train to win and our train to compete program. So they race with the Durban fleet. Mm. Um, at the moment, there's uh, the 75th birthday of South African sailing coming up, and there's a away an away regatta over December, which is our summer, like you in Australia, and we're we're training for that. So we we're hoping to put a girls team in it and a and a and, and a mixed team. So. We have a very strong girls' girls uh, component. In fact, um, most of our sailors. We have, I'd say, about sixty to sixty-six percent of our sailors are girls. Wow. Um, yeah, and 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 they've had their own their own train to compete and their own train to win team. Team. Um, they didn't do very well in our last together, but um, I think I don't quite know. You know, these things come and go. They do well. They don't do well. That's how it is. Uh, but they were the only all-girls team out there, um, yeah, they, they have fun. I think that at the end of the day, that's the most important thing, they're having fun. And when it stops being fun, then then you don't want to do yeah, it. correct. So it's got to be fun. Yeah, yeah.
1: That's certainly one of the mantras. Well, not our mantra, actually. It's actually what the common denominator to every, be it successful sailor or just an average club sailor, why they keep at the sport is because it's fun. So, yeah. and when the minute it, it's gone, that doesn't happen. So, Alexandra, I've got one. Um, h- how long are the nominations open for for the uh, sustainability award?
2: Sure. So uh, they're open until September second, um, and then we'll be announcing the finalists at the end of September. Yeah. So, so right, yeah, Jordan, so Jordan, hurry up and get there. And
1: I know you're an ideas man. Mm. I think it's time to pitch the idea to us all.
0: So I'm inspired, Jackie. Um, I I really am. I think that um, the work that you're doing is wonderful and the fact that um, that mixture of cultures that you were talking about, you know, like one of the great joys of travelling for sailing Is apart from mixing up everyone's names, is that you get to get all these great stories and have share these really interesting things, and we all love going away to championships. So you've created that in one little location. So the idea, um, I think, Luca's idea of the Sumoth is is a genius. You know, like it's let's use sustainable products and create um, these remarkable boats. So he's aiming for cutting edge. My idea that I've just had, and I'm thinking about you. And go on, what? <laughs> with what I'm thinking about yeah. is with Jackie, and um, yeah, with with the the trying to make it sustainable and make it available to everyone. We need to open the sport to everyone, right? So we should have a design competition. For the Who can come up with the coolest boat that one person can build, right? So rather than have teams of universities and all that sort of stuff... What is a really cool modern boat? Because this is sort of how the mirror was built and how a lot of classes have come in. What is something you could build out of sustainable materials? So, yes, it could be the rice bags, you know, it could be something like that, but maybe Barkerati hosts uh, – we'll have to work this out. Barkerati hosts a competition mm. where, where no, our, okay. ge- our listeners can come up with an idea and we have to, we'll have to formally work it out. And then um, you come up with a boat that can be built – for someone that has very little money, we bring people into the sport and it's built from a sustainability perspective. So we need to flesh it out, but that's that's the idea that's popped into my head.
1: Now, Alexandra, I'm not sure how many episodes you've listened to, <laughs> but you're going to see <laughs> one one design... Coming from one Jordan Spencer, which goes a little bit like this grab a piece of a A4 piece of paper, <laughs> squeeze it at the ends, and that's your hole. So, I imagine that you can scale that up into a piece of plywood or whatever it may be.
0: You, you knew exactly where I was going. It's just, I, think, we're, we're, I think
2: you are going to have to. <laughs> that's yeah. called a canoe, Jordan.
0: <laughs> 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 oh yes, uh, but oh. the goal is—we've been searching for that for three years. The <laughs> <laughs> Jordan's canoe, <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, there you go. Um, the, no, the I
2: love the idea, though. Yeah. I, I, you know, I think this could be cool. So I'm really looking forward. You know, you guys launch it this year. Some parameters get it all together, yep. yeah. Get yep. some really cool parameters together, and then you know, and then I expect an entry next year for mm. for, for the World Sailing 11th Hour Racing Award because. You'll have brought so many more people into the sport.
1: Oh, I love it. Great mm. idea. Great idea. So, on that note, ladies, Alexandra and Jackie, and one Jordan Spencer, I think we're pretty close to wrapping it up. But um, it's such a fantastic thing that you guys are doing within World Saving and Sailing and, uh, and 11th Hour to actually promote this and jackie congratulations on your recent win and uh, best of luck for the future thank you excellent
2: yeah no thanks for having us guys and and everybody out there please just reach out to to me and, and anybody at world sailing if there's anything that we can do um to to help out or if you have any great ideas mm. of, of how you think we can change uh stuff in the sustainability space then we do want to hear from you so please um just reach out i know everybody thinks that i know you so, guys were scared about us giving you a ring but um but you know the girls nah. are open <laughs> all took it in
1: our stride acts. as it turned out scott and i were both walking our dogs at the exact same time when we spoke to each other so you know we were doing our piece also <laughs> so uh, what's the best way actually alexandra to get in contact
2: uh, you can uh, just uh, email sustainability at worldsailing yeah. uh, I mean, sorry, sustainability at sailing.org. dot org. Apologise, yeah. um, new on the job, but otherwise, uh, just send to the general uh, contact general info. Yeah, and that will will they'll forward it on to me. Beauty.
4: Sorry, can Great. I button? Um, yes. One of the things that 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 hit home actually when we had our little award ceremony here in in Durban was that they said that it was the first time that anyone had won or even won this award from a developing nation I've, until now it was only mm. developed countries and countries that were even concerned about sustainability i think i think the point is that for most developing nations just surviving is 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 important so it, mm. thinking about sustainability it, it, if you aren't like in Tanzania or in Kenya there automatically the people living along the coast are sort of sustainable because that's the only materials that they actually have. Um, But for those who are living in cities like we do, we live in a city, they don't think about sustainability. They're more busy Mm. worrying about survival. So that I think is why our project, it was more important for us to offer some kind of social sustainability than environmental sustainability. And, and and when I looked at the 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 uh, the, the awards, um, Alexander, I wasn't really sure if we fitted in because I looked at it and I thought, for me, I'm doing what's sustainable, but most people don't see that as sustain as as sustainability. Yeah. And I think I think it was Elizabeth I emailed. I said, do you think we should enter? And she emailed me back and said, I absolutely think you should. So that's why we did. But so what I'm thinking, I'm saying is to other people in developing in developing nations, don't be put off by it because what you're doing is sustainable. A lot of what you're doing is sustainable. You just have to look at it because, like for example, the Tanzanians on their on their their dows, they're sailing. They're sailing, but they just have a sustainable boat. But there are there are groups there in Kenya, for example, they have a dower race every every year from one between the islands. That sort of thing is 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 a sustainable project. Yeah, and I know I know one of the sail makers was making sails for daos. Something I can't remember what the story, the background was, but it was something to do with the fact that so many of them were going out to sea at night and getting lost at sea. So they made some kind of sails that could be easily spotted, um, mm. and they were giving them out to to these dao sailors. So you know those are projects that maybe people wouldn't think of entering, but it is. It is just, they're
2: completely sustainable. And I think the other really important thing is the fact that this just shows you, uh, you know, Nick and Jordan, that, you know, that's, we've been categorized very much in, you know, I guess over time, as you say, as like a wealthy male kind of sport. But actually, the fact is that all of these communities are coastal communities who traditionally have been a part of the sailing community. This is where it all started. And so I think um, it's super exciting that, you know, that we're able to bring, uh, you know, any opportunity for us to be able to bring those communities to the forefront. So, yeah, just to echo what Jackie's saying is that please enter uh, if you're listening to this, um, uh, you know, and, and you don't think your project is suitable, then just reach out and ask the question because, um, you know, most of the projects that we that have come across our de- desk are completely um, submissible. It's, you know, it, uh, you just have to align to our agenda, which, frankly, is very all-encompassing.
1: Excellent. Well, thank you very much, ladies. Thanks and, so um, much. Yeah, we look forward to seeing the progress. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers,
4: guys.
0: Well, that, w- that was uh, interesting, boss. Obviously, given uh, I'm a I'm long way from a Wi-Fi router and there's a bit of delay, you stepped into the uh, the breach there, mate, and led the show, which was uh, awesome. Um, but a lot of interest there, mate. Like, world sailing, mm. sustainability, um, you know, Luca does mm. some cool stuff. Lotion. Alexandra was just, she's cool. I, I really enjoyed meeting her and... I was just into Jackie and that wholesale Africa thing, you know. Like it's, uh, it was, it was interesting. I think we really could do a lot more with those guys. We could have a lot more conversations.
1: Well, as as we mentioned, Lucas kind of he's like our glory boy, yeah. in the bar karate. So he's always welcome back. Um, but Alexandra and Jackie, both in their own right, deserve an episode to themselves. I yeah. love Jackie's story. like Yeah. You say and what they've done there, yeah. and the whole inclusion program and how many people are going through that school or that setup is quite astonishing. But the whole sustainability thing, look, that word in it, it's not going away. We all kind of do a pretty good job, I think, um, well, from an environmental point of view, but probably not good enough. So we've got to keep working on that. Yeah. And it's incentives like this that help, Make stuff happen, and in ten years' time, we're going to be pff, stuff that's going to come out of um, what's being developed now. we're like hasn't that already exist? Why didn't that already exist? of yeah, 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 yeah. thing. So, yeah. yeah, something that everyone can do better on. Um, but no, pretty cool to bring all those three together. Yep, specifically around the eleventh hour um, prize coming up, ten 10- yep. k. So everyone, get your entries in. Mm. Get your entry. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, uh, we
1: probably don't have time for your entry this, your idea this year, good Jordan, but next year for we're sure gonna,
0: we're going to touch on it and, and and we we probably probably we'll get we'll come back to that because we'll get the listeners to contribute some ideas and we can actually, I think there was some interest there. We could actually come up with something that could change the world. So mm-hmm. let's let's do that. Uh, the one thing I was going to say, Bias, is whether you like this stuff or not. If I think back to way I did things versus in the past, as how I do now, things are different you know, and oh, so we, we've changed our ways and this stuff works. So just embrace it and just, you know, yep. let's, let's make the world better for, for our kids. Cool. Um, right Righto. Let's get into the other news. Club events. Any club events? What are we talking? Well. I oh, guess...
1: mate, you're, you're like in the heart of the club events. I think so. At the moment. Yeah, yeah. We've got the round Round Britain Island race. Yes. Um, and, of course, what you're in crossover for the uh, 505 Worlds. Yeah. So, yeah. basically, you are the centrepiece. They yeah. actually have created this specific week based around you, Jordan.
0: <laughs> not about me, mate. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so obviously around Britain and Ireland about to get underway, uh, 50 Worlds just finished their pre-worlds, um, so lay day Sunday, and then into mm-hmm. the world's. Looking fairly light, mate. Um, oh, yeah, very, very light. I, I would suggest. Interesting. We've got two standout boats. If you, if you had to, if the wind continues as it is, and it looks like it will continue that way, um, we had two boats sort of dominate. One, Nathan Bachelor and Sam Pasco, uh, massive fans of Barcarati. Um They, they won the pre world Literally mm-hmm. just been decided, and then. Um, uh, Caleb Payne and Stuart McNay, both Olympic US Olympic sailors, won Stewie in mm-hmm. the 470 and Caleb in the fin, um, close second. And th- those two were really, really, looked really strong, really good. Um, and if conditions, to the extent that they were slightly gapping away from the field just a little bit... Um, and their point scores were quite close then there was a bit of a gap so if the the conditions hold form holds it's going to be between one of those two boats but you know there's world champions everywhere there's olympic champions everywhere
1: what um what uh, what were the conditions what were the conditions for the pre-worlds was it uh, windy Compared at all. to the worlds being light?
0: Not at all. Um, so the pre-worlds were light. Um, so offshores yep. yesterday or, or um, Friday and offshores looked like it was going to be 12 to 15 then very quickly down to sort of 6, 5, 6, 8. Mm-hmm. Um, and then today complete 180 um, but still 5, 6, 7, 8 uh, knots and shifty, really shifty. Challenging course. Um so and the the forecast. What's,
1: um, t- tell me, the five O's are they a superstitious mob? Like, uh, you you superstition says going. you should you should you shouldn't win the um invitation race. Yep. Does superstition say you shouldn't win the pre A hundred percent. Or yep. is it just yeah yeah hundred percent yeah. 100%, yeah. yeah. Oh. yeah. So I'm, I'm keen. We should get some stats on that, actually. Yeah, yeah. Well, pre worlds and winners. That'll be interesting.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I will say Howie Hamlin, one of the legends of the class and one of the all-time uh, sailing legends, I guess, dinghy sailor legends, you know, two 18-foot skiff worlds, 14-foot skiff worlds. He's got ocean crossing records. He's never con- been concerned about winning the pre-worlds, and so he goes out and does it. And he's won the 5 Worlds once and come second eight times.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Rightio yeah. There we go. Mm. Yeah. Something to be read into. Yeah. Who
0: knows? Yeah, we'll see. Who knows? We'll see. But yeah, so that's where that's where it all stands. So 5 o' Worlds, um, I'll you know I'm biased. I love the Five. I think it's the most beautiful boat on the water. Um and as we say, we you know, we've played that up quite a bit over the years on Barcarati. Um it is cool fun walking through the boat park. I'm getting a lot of this I'm getting a lot of I've heard your voice. Oh, what's your name? What's your name? And I'll go, uh, you know, for the people I haven't met, and they've just gone. Oh, I love your podcast. I love your podcast. Like it's it's right across the park. So, a little bit of uh, indulgence there. Sorry, listeners, but it is kind of cool. It is definitely kind of cool. You
1: know what? What we should get? What? We should get some our t some Barkerati t shirts mm-hmm. with an arrow like all three of us together and the arrows pointing to the other one saying, that's the idiot.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we'd sell those. There'd be plenty of people who buy those. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. Well, that's cool. So that's what's going on. Uh, best of luck to all the competitors in both the 5-0s and the round Britain Island. If you are on the round Britain Island, as you come past Crosshaven Cork, give us a wave. We'll be out there and, uh, yeah, have a safe, safe journey. Yeah. Um, Tough, tough event, obviously, going all the way around those islands. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think they go uh, clockwise as well. So they'll go fairly early underneath island from memory.
1: Yeah, you'll be uh, hanging for a bit of black pudding after that
0: one. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely hit you, that one. Uh, Jack Lloyd Listener of the Week. we got a good had one a here. Cu- had a
1: couple come through, mm-hmm. um, notably Oliver Scott Mackey. Who has essentially um uh wants to get the Cape Thirty One class up and running here in, in Oz. Um and they've currently got one based down in Middle Harbor, um, and another one on their way, if I understand. Yeah, so yeah. and there's uh there's quite a bit of activity in that area, not to mention, well, as we spoke about last week, they had 18 on the start line in cows yep. um for Cows Week. So yep. There's no reason why it can't be as successful within the on Australian waters at all. Yeah. Um yeah, so, and so not, what's he well, made an offer. And we must mention he yep. has he he has reached out, extended an open invitation to us, um, or any of the listeners for that matter, mm. um, to go for a test sale and see how good they how good they are. Yep. So for the listeners, anyone, just send us a quick note cheers at barkrady.com or get in contact. Cape, With Ollie.
0: Yep, uh, cape31.com.au.
1: Correct. And or, yeah, on Instagram, Facebook, Cape 31 Australia. last Hey, this is what yachting's all about too. Yeah. People just uh, reaching out, offering their hand. Mm. So, yeah, take, take on the challenge if you're wondering what to do next weekend. Give Ollie a call.
0: Cool. Very cool.
1: Yeah. Now... Yeah. We also had another one mm-hmm. come through, Jordan, yes. which um, from uh, Yorkie, your mate, Andrew, Andrew York. York. Yep. Yes, who basically reached out on behalf of a mate of his who has an issue um, getting the 2.4 meters um, into Australia for the worlds. Yep. Are yep. uh, looking for a shipping solution. Yep. Reached um, out. Uh, Reached out asking if we knew of anyone. He actually mentioned, while well, you're over there, Jordan, why don't you just have dinner with uh Mr. Andrew Pindar and yeah. just make this shit happen, right? Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> didn't quite happen like didn't quite yeah. happen like that. Yeah. But we did put him in contact with our friends from uh, Pindar. Yeah. And um hopefully there's a solution out around the corner. Now, in saying all that, mm-hmm. um Yorkie has suggested mm-hmm. why don't we have create a new segment called you know, fix it with bar karate. Essentially. Okay. Um, does
0: this, essentially, like, does this mean we're not, fixing everyone's problems? Not,
1: not, Well, it's not as though we have a whole bunch of time on our hands. No. But if there's any, I, I don't mind what he's done here. Yep. If there's any sort of network contacts people need to make or something like that or any shout-outs or any hard questions out there. Why don't we use Spark Radio Network okay. to put it out there?
0: Yeah, yeah, no, it's a bit, um, not a bad idea. So what are we going to call That might
1: it? be simple answers. Yeah. Um, What are we going to call it? Well, Yorkie suggested fix it. Yeah. Bark-Rady. I think we could probably come up with something a little more creative. Yeah, um, perhaps. A bit more of a spin. But yeah. uh, fix. I like it. I'm going to – um. so listeners, it's up to you guys. Uh, if you have any – anything doesn't matter what it is just send us a note we'll put it to air and i'm sure within the community community it might be just a matter of linking two individuals up to find a solution but i reckon that could create some good results
0: you know what what would look good on the side of a can bk fix
1: the BK fix. Like
0: <laughs> you, you could put that on a can, just a little spray can, the BK fix. Like, a bit like the WD 40, you know, like it, it could work. So maybe something like that. <laughs> uh, yeah. I like it. Mm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm open oh, to that. Ooh, sorry. Ooh, sorry, sorry, here we go. I jumped. Go. I jumped. Now no, we're
1: into
0: it. It's hot time with Bice. I just want to point out, Bice, before you start, that we're going to leave yeah. those mistakes in because it's just, I, I haven't got time to edit and we don't care. <laughs> you don't know. It's not that important no, for no, our listeners, don't. that's right. So, the mistakes stay in. Right.
1: Mate, um, no particular rhyme or reason about Hot Time and bias this week, but there's a plethora of stuff going on so in much. the industry. Yep, yep. Um, at the, and pff, I've missed a whole bunch of it. Mm -hmm. And it's easy to get quite into uh into be Australian centric. So I've tried to stay away to away from that. But I'll give you a little update. While your head's been down, Jordan Mm Sale GP, yep, of course, which was taken out by the East
0: Australians. Yep, to
1: those guys (laughs) and guys and girls. Um, question actually is: Joe Alley, the is she the uh, the magic formula?
0: Oh, I threw that at her. The the, the the Kiwis, the East Australians, um, so I, I will say this, that, that there was a definite vibe that no one wanted the Aussies to win, right? and um, Oh, yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, everyone was just going, anyone but the Aussies, right? And then, um, oh, what did the Kiwis do? They did something cheeky. And I said, you bastards, I'm going to get you. And so when I was introducing them on stage, uh, everyone sort of going, yeah, you know, and thinking, here's coming New Zealand. <laughs> I said, and congratulations to... The East Australians and call them up on stage. And then I threw at Joe, I said to, you know, because Joe is what? She's 470 gold medalist. She's a fairly talented young lass. First time on the boat and they've had their breakthrough, right? Um, Mm. And I threw that at her and she just, you know, the Kiwis don't give anything away in the the interviews, you know, like, oh, they just don't. Staunch as. Yeah. Staunch as. And you know, like we we Pete, we get on super great with Pete. We get on super great with Blair. We get on with all the all the team. Um so we're we're saving them for a special episode. But you know, we're we're gonna have to work hard. We need to get them on the grog, I think, Bicy, just to, to loosen up mm. because they're so interviewed. They've interviewed so much, they don't give anything away. And Joe's picked up on that. She didn't give anything away. But yeah, let's just yeah. it's just Joe. It's all down. The, the other rumor it could be is that I know um, Andy Maloney was doing a lot of work on how much he was range he was moving the the flying height. So the data that yeah. was coming out from from the Australian team, you know, was showing zero to one degree of movement. And Andy was doing sort of two to three. So that was narrowed right down. Mm. It, it they've definitely got it going faster. They've definitely got something worked out. It probably means that it's Australia or New Zealand at the moment from now on because they are smoking. Um, but, yeah, they've definitely yeah, right. found something, whether it's Joe Good. or something else. But um, Excellent. The other thing I thought I would say to you, I don't know if – did I mention this last week's episode, the, the flyby that I got, the Top Gun moment?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, when basically you're on the side of the boat and yep. it, they just whiz past your ear yep. about a metre away yep. from the boat. Yeah, and any the other one, on
0: Of course, Princess <laughs> Kate was turning up uh, to do the whole to um, the Commonwealth event, and uh, security were going around saying "no photos, no photos." And I said, "Yep, no, she can't take yeah. any photos of me. I'm sick of being harassed." Yep, uh, yep. That, uh, yeah. correct, <laughs> correct. <laughs> what else? What else? It was a good event. Um, oh, oh, mate, so Great Britain, GBR. We're used to calling it yep. Great Britain. It only really occurred to me as I was wandering around, just behind the tech site up there is a road called the Great Western Road. Now, yeah, if, yeah. what size do you imagine the Great Western Road to be? Like,
1: Well, the name probably gives it away. It's got to be quite great. So it's at least a double lane of both ways. No,
0: mate. No, it, she's, a, she's a double bike lane Max. <laughs> <laughs> And and I'm just going. They'll call anything great here in in Great, great. Britain. So we were just. I just said it's it. everyone's called the great something. And so you know where the I was great. going.
1: Yeah, Ben Ainsley the Great. Yep, the Great Kate Jordan the Great. Yep, the Great Jordan Spencer. That's it. Yeah, no, there must be another meaning for it over there. Yeah. Maybe do some, do some research while you're on site.
0: <laughs> All right. Anyway, um, look that that event's a, a super event going well. Um, even though it was sort of boats up off falls, Dane off falls, still super exciting. Uh, you know, it. I was so excited uh, for the, the Danish team. You know, I, you know Nikolai came up on stage. Um, you know, we'd get on great with those guys. Uh, Lukey Payne's here at the Five O's. Uh, my cousin I've discovered. Uh, I'll tell you about that in a sec. But um, mm. Nikolai, I introduced him up on yeah. stage, the world's fastest farmer. And like the, all the... IP crowd are sort of going the what the world's fastest farmer yeah. and we talked, did the whole talk and then I said Nikolai you know you know um, what are you doing is it uh, are you back to the farm and he said yeah yeah it's harvest season mate I'm on the I'm on the combine harvester tomorrow morning you know <laughs> <laughs> and the whole crowd are like what he is a farmer so yeah you yeah, know that's it was cool he's a, he's a great man and super happy for that team that whole team is very happy strong team um. Mm. Nikolai oh, the great Nikolai the great yeah yeah um yeah cool cool so I've got,
1: got a couple more bit things happening quick shout out actually this could have almost been in the club events um our mate Har- Harry uh Harry Fisher from oh, down yes. under sale has yep. done a documentary yep. from the ground up yep. around the around the Sharpie class yep um I've I've seen a few things on the uh, cutting room floor as they call it or something like that yeah um looks good and there's going to be some viewings pretty much starting from Wednesday this week first one down Adelaide Sun Club and then a whole host of different states and different clubs around um around Australia over the next week or two so check it out at down under sale um to find your local viewing but it's about half an hour good doco grassroots stuff pretty good
0: I'll I'll be looking forward to it um uh, just, just say so for a heads up, boss. That you know, remember we did that sort of promotion of the cock of the north, the the national eighteen boats uh, here, and mm. we said, you know, they, oh, they sound like the Irish version of the Sharpie. They're quite the boat, you know. They're, they're, there's a heap of them mm. just here, so they they are quite the boat. So it'd be good to have a sail on one. Might try and make it. But yeah, the Sharpies, for those non Australians who don't know what the Sharpie is, just it'll be a good story. Really sociable class, great class, great boat, fantastic in a blow. Nothing better than sailing with two of your mates, you know, like three boats, three people on a boat seems to be the magic number, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, it's a good number. It is absolutely. And kind of in this in the similar space, and I'm pretty proud of this one. Yeah, the uh, hashtag bring back the rainbow. Oh no, I I tell you, there's been a page created about (laughs) specifically for the rainbow, um, and there's a whole host of activity going on in the Facebook page. I love it. So if you have sailed a rainbow in Australia, check it out. Just just search rainbow sailing. In Facebook, and you'll find it. It it is a private group, but there's hundreds and hundreds of people now. Is that right? (laughs) And there's a, oh, and last activity, six minutes ago. Last activity, 12 minutes ago. There's a whole lot of activity going on. So check it out.
0: Because you're you're good at creating but, um, things, boss. You're, you're good because you know you've got Oz defenders up and going. You know, so you've got that, which uh, you know um, is a celebration of all the broken down cars around Australia. Um, I've I've got to say, there's an awful lot of broken down uh, defenders on the side of the roads, broken down here in the UK and and um, well, in Ireland.
1: Well, actually, not broken down that. But- Parts stolen from them <laughs> into containers to Morocco. Absolutely, <laughs> but uh, kind of in the same era. Yep. And a little segue here is uh, sailing like it's nineteen sixty eight. Is the Golden Globe Race is about to go eighteen entrants, mm-hmm. um, single handed around the world. Yep. Basically celebrating the uh, the original voyage for Mad Men as the book was known, oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Golden Globe Race, yeah, yeah. Um, of which Sir Robin Knox Johnson won. He was the lone finisher wow. back then. There were four finishers in this particular race um, four years ago. Right. Um, and there's 18 on the start line. Similar to the Ocean Globe Race, basically your boat has to be set up similar to the boats that were set up, minus, uh, plus the additional safety equipment yep. um, from 1968. So... We'll be keeping an eye on that, and that is isn't an adventure in itself, for sure. Cool. Very
0: cool. Good luck to everyone. Nice. Sail safe.
1: All right. Completely opposite end of the scale. Yep. 11th hour. They're on their way, coming back across the Atlantic. Yep. Um, they left Newport, been there for two months, got beaten up on their way to Bermuda, had a good time back in Newport. They're on their way again. Pretty light the first days out. And I just saw a photo of them the other day. Yeah. Zoomed in on the instrumentation, yeah. That doing thirty three knots, just oh. sitting in the cockpit,
0: <laughs> mate. There's some mockers coming out left, right, and centre at the moment. Oh, mate,
1: see that photo yes. that I put up of Charal? Yes, mate. Yes. <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, that was that was my um, that was my actual uh, line. This is getting ridiculous.
0: Yeah. It looks <laughs> mate, like so.
1: Yeah, we've got Charol coming out. We've got um the other Samuel Manward boat yeah. um for Sam Davies as we mentioned last week. Yeah, um we've got Boris's boat. Yep, we've got Cheryl one with Justine. I mean, it's just blowing. It's going to be awesome.
0: PRB R- or whatever it is. Anyway. Um, uh, yep. we got eight. Yeah, yeah, can't yeah,
1: wait. We we could almost and not to mention. In the same light, we're seeing some class 40s coming out of a uh, come out as well. Yeah. Um. And I think it was mentioned on one of our posts. It's like we're back in the I- IMS days. Yeah. These are boats happening. are just bending the rules as much as possible, <laughs> um, to create the fastest the fastest thing. Whereas IMS was doing the opposite. Yeah, we're yeah. creating ugly boats to go slow. They're creating. Uh, oh. You love them or hate them, the way they look, but yeah, they're super quick boats. Love them, definitely yeah. love them.
0: Yeah, very cool. It's it's good times, and of course, uh, we've got a big event coming up this year. I can't even remember what we've got coming, to be honest, but uh, I'm sure you re- remember.
1: For the for the in which realms, the 60s or
0: 40s? The 60s, I think we've got. What have we got? Well,
1: we got the rope right, rope. Right. We got the rope to run.
0: Yeah, yeah. That, I knew there was something that just Don't. went skip my mind. So yeah. after I called uh, Wendy Schmidt, Susan Schmidt, I, I can I've made every mistake this week. So
1: <laughs> <laughs> and get this one: we finally have a winner of the 2019 Clipper Round the World Race. Uh, you, oh, postpone, Postponed due to the pandemic. Yes, the boats were holed up. Oh, philippines or somewhere, somewhere like, like that, that. yeah not sure. i forgot yeah, all but, about that um basically the they have now finished so 14 uh eight legs um 40 000 miles the race finally come to an end Quint Chindao, skipper by chris brooks um took the top step um after crossing the finish line in the london's royal docks so they won five of the eight um not sure how the team dynamic worked with that little pause in between with the pandemic but yeah finally all done yeah, so cool. that program i guess will be kicking off again very soon with the next edition which mm. seems to be a pretty good um pretty good formula
0: okay very so. cool very cool um, there's a lot of events going on. Obviously, we had the Sydney to Gold Coast. We've got Cow's Week. We've got mm-hmm. Copper Del Rey, 29er Worlds, the Top of Worlds. I guess we just don't have time to talk about them, but there's plenty happening. Um, and you guys are probably all over Cow's Week um, and most of that to the twenty. But what
1: we will say, for, for all the info, yep. yes, Cow's Week, check out Sail Planet with our friends. Yep. Um, there's a lot of info in regards to the results. Um, Flotilla as well check them out yeah there's a whole bunch of results in there so um and then finally what i've got this week the protocol to the cup had been has been updated yep yep. yep, i must admit i fell i fell asleep halfway through (laughs) reading it so don't really bother um but they've also mentioned where teams can their team bases in barcelona yeah they're going to be based yep so and (laughs) You you wouldn't have guessed, but Team New Zealand front and centre.
0: Yeah, yeah. Means all the property deals are done.
1: Yeah, staunch off.
0: (laughs) There'll be a staunch off for sure. That's cool. Very cool, mate. Um, The only other thing I wanted to just bring up is we discussed it in the show, that little idea, the Barkarati Build Challenge. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. We we should. So what, what I'm thinking, right, so in my mind, the way I'm seeing it is that if you could We could come up with a design idea where one person just build a boat and it's cool, simple to sail. And I'm thinking we should do different sizes because sailing is about sizes: A big, medium, small, something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And it doesn't cost much. So whether that means recycling gear or using timber or using foam, my my heart lies in using foam over ply. Um, But how we do it, what we can write the rules... I wouldn't mind. Like, we we'll, we need to nut it out. But what I'm sort of thinking is maybe the listeners can throw ideas at us. Like, and if mm. we can, then we could take that to world sailing. Um, so yep. if we could get people into the sport without having to spend a lot of money, um, that's the pathway, you know, and give them the opportunity. So, well, that
1: is keeping, that is
0: part of the sustainability
1: side. Yeah. Um. When we say that word, we all think environmental, but it's all to do with inclusion and economical as well. So if we can get people in for cheaper. So what you're saying here, Jordan,
0: yeah,
1: is we create the Bar Karate Build Challenge as part of the World Sailing Limit Air Sustainability Challenge. Yep. Um, geez, that's going to be an acronym. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> the BKC of...
0: <laughs> but... Um, but mm. the, the smart people out there, you know, like we, we're we sort of focused in one zone and we, there must be people out there that think about things differently to us. And we're, we're just saying mm. to you, cheers at com, send it to us. We will try, if there's something good comes out of this, we'll take it to World Sailing um, Yep, and we'll yeah. actually get it into that, that program because I can say, Al, Alexandra, she seemed really interested um, and if we can get more people into sailing and... Doing the right thing, and we can make it accessible. Then, yeah, let's let's come up with ideas. Go, so go wild. Throw whatever you want at us. Is you happy yeah. with that? Just throw it, send it to Cheers. At Absolutely, No. Nah,
1: I love it. Like you say, there's people out there who are probably doing this already, and they're thinking about it. But let's utilize our platform, similar to BK Fix It. Let's utilize it. Let's leverage it to try and make something happen on a global level.
0: I think so. Sounds pretty cool. Um, cool. Uh, now, I guess the last thing to mention, obviously, we haven't talked about BP. Um, it, right about now, they should have concluded their investigation into everything that's happened with the X2. Um, I would expect yes. our episode next week will be, uh, we'll actually talk to BP specifically about it. Um and try Absolutely. and focus in on that so we haven't been hiding it we haven't been trying to avoid it BP certainly hasn't been avoided It's just been busy um, with trying to make things happen and uh, get to the answer the interesting thing is that the amount of support that's come in from Barcarati listeners for BP has been phenomenal, and we're very grateful for that. Um, he actually said he's had a lot of inquiries about the boat, so it hasn't scared people off. Um, most people know that the engineering's been done well. We just don't know what caused it. So it could be just an anomaly. It could be a, a fault, but um, it's, you know, he's been working really hard to sort of identify.
1: Hear, hear. So looking forward to getting bp pack back on i mean it's getting a bit monotonous just taking the piss out of you we have got to get him back so i can bloody really hit my stride
0: (laughs) you're a good man i love it i love it Uh, well you know what we should do we should just get him at least get him in to play a bit of music yeah well should we do that now okay let's see where he's at let's go come on bp where are you up to mate Right. He's, he's, he's loud He's loud Have a good week everyone Good to speak to you uh, Yeah. You too mate right. See you everyone